This is episode 170 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 170 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Steve Manicom on the show and Steve was on the show way back at episode three and uh, he was crushing it back then, still crushing it now. Steve's an interesting guy and I've always known him as a guy who could find a deal. He's a guy that's not afraid to try something that is probably out of his league at the moment, but he's uh, he's willing to learn and uh, he comes through. I mean, anytime he gets into these projects, he finds a way to come through and make it happen. And, um, you know, I've done some of the same, but I'm certainly inspired by a lot of what he's done and uh, his willingness to uh, take calculated risks and win. So in this episode, we talk about a 16 unit building that he's creating. He bought an old newspaper building in St. Thomas and he's turning it into a 16 unit residential property. And beyond that, we also talk about some new construction that he's done in the London area where he's built uh, brand new houses, including the house he's living in, 4,200 square feet, did a self build on that. So uh, again, not a guy that's afraid to take risks. He's willing to put his money where his mouth is and, and take action on what he believes in. A really cool case study that we went through with that newspaper building. I'm confident you're gonna enjoy this episode. Always good catching up with Steve and seeing how the guy's just so calm, cool, and collected despite everything that he's doing. So before we get into this episode, I wanna encourage you to go right back to the beginning of this show if you're new to real estate investing or new to this podcast. There's so many great guests that have been on and I'm confident you'll find a lot of value in that. And if you wouldn't mind, it just really helps the show to grow if you would take the time to leave a five-star review and rating for Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit that like, subscribe, notification bell just to help more people find the show. And go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Thanks so much for tuning in yet again. Let's jump into episode 170 with Steve Manicom. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have on the show today the same guy from episode three. So uh, Steve Manicom, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Thank you. Talking about this for a long time. So this one we're doing virtual. Last one you were here uh, face to face, but um, you've done a lot. You're always doing a lot. You're one of those guys that doesn't really uh, say a lot about what you're doing. You just quietly do it. And it's usually pretty cool stuff. I, I I recognize you as a guy that's not afraid to take on a challenge, not afraid to do something you haven't done before uh, or that other people typically wouldn't. So uh, one of the recent things would be you built your own house. And I know we talked a little bit I about did. that before. Yeah, <laughs> you can see you did me. It. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you do nice work. So uh, why don't we start off with with what you've been up to? Like I, I think right around the time we interviewed you or we did our first interview, you were talking about a St. Thomas triplex you did. I think you sold that one, maybe not. Uh, but then most importantly, you had the newspaper building that you had bought, which yes. I, I, I walked through with you. And I think that was going to be something like 20 units you were turning it into. 16. 16, okay. 16, yeah. Yeah, so super cool. And I think the price you got it for back then would probably make that a pretty lucrative project now. Uh, yeah, that was like, I got a 17,000 square foot building for $413,000. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> now, of course, you've had to carry that for many years. Like what was your, what was your financing yep. structure on that one? Did you did you uh, borrow ca- private money? Pay cash. Money? Pay cash. Pay cash okay. It, yeah. Yeah, cuz that's not the the type you want to sit and burn on for years and no, years while we, you get approvals. There, I guess I say we, but it's, you know, there was there was stuff that we had, you know, I had some money coming in from an investor, just one on that deal, and um, we had to do some re- remediation for the project. 
And that was one thing that made the project take a little bit longer to get started. Um, but mm -hmm. we are into it now and hoping to finish up in the fall. Yeah. So you're saying physical construction of the units has started. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're just starting framing stage right now. Okay. Are you framing with uh, metal studs because of the cost of lumber? Uh, yeah. For, I think for the demising walls. And then I think we're going to use some lumber in, in for the bedrooms and stuff like that. Uh, we got a good price on it actually. So yeah, you did. Okay. When you're buying enough of it, you know, they seem to treat you a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're paying only uh, maybe $12 for a two by four instead of, uh, I, I'm 14. not building it per se. So I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure, yeah. but I know he was, the builder was happy with what the price was versus doing metal. Yeah. Now I remember like back in, you know, 2019, when we were originally talking about this, like you, you were, you were looking at some prices for, to build it that you weren't so happy with. Did, yes. did it just come around that now those prices work because the market's gone up or did um, you end up finding they, they would, but if you were to go get those requoted today, they'd probably be even more money. Yeah. Um, when I had the, the building quoted to do construction back then, mm -hmm. I think it was like a million dollars difference between one contractor and the next. And yeah. when you, when you actually break down those numbers, the company was making a million dollar profit. They weren't, you know, yeah. spending more money or, or anything like that. Um, yeah. You're saying the so, contractor's company was making, just making money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I did yeah. was I hired a, a construction company, but I paid them a fee. So they're getting a fee and it's an open book um, build. Yeah. So is a it a fixed price? Is it a percentage of cost that you're doing? Not even. No, they get a flat, flat just a rate. a flat that, fee regard, regardless yeah. of what it costs and it's all open book. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, do, I do assist the builder with everything that I can as far as quoting, working with suppliers. Um, if I need to, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, I definitely am a busy liaison between the architect and the builder and, um, just making sure like we are on point with what we need to be doing there. Because when you're taking a building that's already existing and you're tearing it apart to revamp it to something new, there are surprises that come up and there are things that, um, mm -hmm. are going to happen. So for example, um, the sewage that runs through the building, um, the way that the, the sewage was laid next to the water the pipes are in a bad spot so when we run all our new um plumbing for the units they run they run right into them so what we're gonna have to do is pour a, a six inch slab and a pretty significant size to raise up the floor so that the pipes don't intersect so okay. that was something like for example i went and i found the guy that uh is going to pour that that foundation for us um nice twenty nine thousand dollars supply a surprise we had <laughs> Yeah, but in a project like that, it's it's almost like you should have a line item for a twenty nine thousand dollars surprise. Yeah, you have a you definitely have a contingency. That's for sure. We have, we have one set up for that stuff, but uh, you know it sucks when it does happen. You're yeah. not expecting it, but so did did so you said you bought this for how much? Four hundred and four hundred thirteen thousand. That's just wild. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> well, can't that, buy was, a bungalow for that. <laughs> remember when you were looking at that other building that was kitty corner to it? And you were thinking of buying it. It was office buildings and you were going to turn it into units. Yeah. So it was around that time that I had my eyes on it yeah. and uh, put in an offer not too long after. Yeah. Um, that was yeah such a cool project. And you know what? I feel like most people would talk themselves out of that deal, but I find you, you find a way to talk yourselves into deals. <laughs> you talk yourself yeah. into deals. Yeah, I do. I, I try to look at stuff like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Well, I'm buying 17,000 square feet for 413 grand. And there's multiple things I could do with it. If I really had to, I could rent it out as office space and make mm -hmm. money. So it, yeah. there was kind of different, there was a different exit strategy. 
Right. Yeah. Um, you had, you had a couple of different ways that you could monetize or exit. As exactly. Yeah. Um, what did the room, do you remember what the remediation cost on that one? Uh, I think it was around 160,000. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't know what that means, remediation is basically cleanup of contaminants. Yes. We had a lot of testing. We had to do drilling a lot of holes, um, testing wells, and then there's a lot of soil removal all through the property. So you had to remove before, soil from outside or anything inside as well? Did you have to dig uh, out any floor? Nothing, nothing inside, thankfully, was clean. And that this building, I think, was built in the 1940s. So prior to uh, it being erected, that was a coal yard. So there was a lot of minerals and stuff that the city just didn't like in the ground. Um, so, But when they did dig the building, they dug it all out. So what was under the building was clean. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So inside the building is good, but out in the parking lot, that's where you were, you were uh, getting into that. So, so this lot. is one of those things where you're doing, you're doing a phase one environmental phase two, yep. I'm guessing phase three and phase three. Yes. Yeah. And that, that includes the remediation portion. Yeah. And okay. So they, they tested in the remediation and gave you a uh, all clear. Yeah, we got the all clear and, uh, that was something that we were just waiting for and we've got it. And the permit was approved right when we had that at the end. Okay. And this was all part of the permitting process. Did they take you through like a site plan application to do what you wanted to do to that building, to take it from commercial use office building to residential units? So um, when I was looking at purchasing the property prior to me putting an offer, I did look at the zoning and stuff and it did fall into category where it was zoned for apartments being mm -hmm. the location it was in. So I didn't have to do a zoning change or, or anything no zoning like change, right? But, but still I, no site plan. It didn't make you go through that that process where they want to dissect everything you're going to do and tell you do. how to do it. Um, we had, yeah, like we I had a meeting with the city. I'm just trying to remember. It was so long ago. We had a meeting. We we kind of went over everything we were going to do the project. And one of the things I had to do was a remediation, even though we weren't doing anything outside. Mm -hmm to, we weren't erecting yeah. any structures. They made me clean up the property because it was going to be residential use. Right. Um, yeah. So just because we were changing what the current use was, that's why I had to clean it up. Yeah. But that, and I, I can see the logic in that. Obviously you don't want to, you know, a, pro a property that could cause harm, but I doubt any of that would have caused harm anyway, but, oh yeah, <laughs> but Hey, it is, it is what it is. So 160 in remediation, did you have carrying costs beyond taxes or was it mainly just taxes? Like, were you um, taxes? I had utilities for a period of time. And then I realized like, we don't really need anything in the building. So I shut those off, I think three months after possession and turned off gas, water, um, kept hydro cause we had security cameras and stuff, but yeah. Um, so over the, I guess it's been what, three years, what would you say you're into it for carrying costs? Oh, that's a good question. Like, are we talking um, 10, 20 grand, 30 grand? Something like that? <laughs> we're over, we're over a hundred. Over a hundred sure. in carrying. Yeah. Yeah. If you add everything up, you're probably, you're probably over a hundred. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say so. And then now you're into the construction. So what's the rest? So we've, we've kind of gone through remediation and carrying what's the remainder of this to to bring you to something that that's saleable and i'm guessing you're you're intending to condo these and sell them or you're you're intending to just rent them out and keep it um gonna condo them but then rent them out because i guess when they're condoed you do you're allowed to have no pets and stuff like that so we are making i guess higher end units um you know they're gonna have really nice floors uh granite countertops um nice quality kitchens 
lighting fixtures. So we do want like good tenants in there that we want people to take care of the property. So uh, if we condo them, we're going to have a little bit more control. You know, they're not going to be allowed to hang flags in the windows. So we're going to have to keep some prestige about the property, I guess you could say. Yeah. Condo gives you flexibility too, right? I think you get a little bit of a tax break from a yeah, that's true. It's a little bit standpoint. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll have, um, you'll have a, certainly in an appraiser's eyes, you have way more flexibility in terms of how you could sell it. Yes. Because now you can sell individual units. Yes. Of course you got to do like a reserve fund study and figure out, <laughs> you know, how much you got to set up the condo corporation right. and do all that. But just having the status uh, obviously will help you um, and be beneficial. I think that, Nowadays, I don't hear too many people trying to do what you're doing without trying to condo it, unless they're specifically told that they can't or they're not allowed or whatever. Um, okay, so to take you to that point, what do you figure you're in for for like the construction and and condoing process? I'll give you some rough numbers because I don't want to divulge um, all the interest in the property. Um, mm-hmm. So what I can say is probably just over a million to to get it to the point of con- starting construction. Okay. Um, and then you're going to have another 3 million for construction, say. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to quickly. So, so we're talking about 4 million minus the, uh, what we've already talked about and then anything else we want to add in there? No, that, no, that'll be finished up to that point. Yeah. Okay. So we're basically, yeah. So, so basically 4 million is going to be your cost all in. Yeah. Well, plus the, plus the purchase or that included the purchase that will include the purchase. Oh, okay. So let's just, uh, we'll just call that a little <laughs> bit less. So about 3.3 million ish to do the construction and soft costs and, and such. Um, okay. So you're 4 million in, and what do you figure when you're done and they're condoed? What do you figure that's worth? It's probably going to be around five and a half million. Cool. Now, are you, so you are planning on, on refinancing, I guess, and you know, try and go for that 75% when you uh, get to that point? Well, actually we can probably go up to 90%, depending, depending how it's structured. I guess there's um, CMHC guaranteed loans we can get that are really low, but I'm not sure. CMHC for that, you have to be under market rent. I'm pretty sure like 30% yeah. or something. I, we I don't, don't have that. <laughs> we don't have it solidified yet, but yeah, um, I know we can do at least 80, 85, loans, right? Uh, yeah. 80, 85, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so what are you figuring your average rent per unit would be? Yeah. So that's very interesting. So when we've started the project, a one bedroom was probably going to be like a thousand bucks. And now we're probably going to be in the ballpark of like 13 to 1400. And we only have four of them and the rest are two bedrooms. Um, and we might even be able to get 2000 for, for those. a, uh, for a two bedroom, you know, cause we got in suite laundry, high yeah. ceilings, you know? Oh, so yeah. You guys might surprise yourselves. Uh, I mean, well, uh, yeah, I think tell. so. That's yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. I just started actually doing the advertising for the project. So we are going to start taking applicants uh, in the next couple of weeks and uh, for the next six months, probably just sort that out and get people lined up for each unit because there's only 16. So they're yeah, going to go quick. Yeah, it'll, it'll go quick. I mean, that's not small. 16 isn't small. That's really cool. That's a good project. <laughs> um, so if it was 16, say times like 1800 on average between them, yeah. um, that'd be 28,800 a month. Yeah. 800. 
So you're, you know, 345,000 a year in gross rents. Uh, do you yep. have any sort of indication of where your operating expenses will be? Well, I, mean, I, guess- I was just going to say, I think the taxes are around 30,000. They will be once it's done. Yeah. 28, 30 grand, I think. I think that, and you probably have a mortgage yeah. calculator there. <laughs> yeah. I'll work through that. Uh, did you get a quote on insurance for when it's done? Uh, I did. I want to say it was like 300 a month, three or 400 a month, maybe. How is that possible? Three but, or 400 a month for a 16 flex? <laughs> well, that, wait a sec. That, that was two years ago. So that was when I first bought it. Yeah. It's not so I guess you. all these prices are going to change because we've had this massive inflation. So I, I'm going to say you're at least 10 grand a year, but if you want full coverage, well, that's, I mean, I'm sure you Andrew, my, my construction insurance is 10 grand a year. So it's got to be a lot cheaper than that. It has to be. That's wild, man. I mean, I'm paying three grand for a duplex, so <laughs> I don't know how you're. Yeah. Pay. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying I don't think it'll be 10 grand though, because my construction insurance is always more, right? Generally speaking, but it, it, insurance is such an apples to apples game. Like you really yeah. do have to. My duplex is like, is. no, sorry. My triplex is 140 a month. Yeah. I bet you like, it depends. Like if you want a um, full replacement instead of that declining coverage, like a lot of people have a declining coverage where over, and I don't know what it's called. So I might be butchering yeah. this. Um, so it just <laughs> depends on what you want. So let's just say hypothetically for, for argument's sake, it's 10 grand. I'm sure there's still meat on the bone here, but I'm just curious yep. uh, for maintenance. I'm going to just put 5% because I think that that's very right. reasonable. Uh, that's, that's still 17 grand a year. That's plenty of money to, to take care of the odds and ends on the property. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, utilities wise, you'll just be paying for the common I'm suspecting, right? That's right. Yeah. So um, I have a separate water meters, gas meters, or do you have a centralized building heat? There's like a house meter and I think there's going to be like a house gas. So they'll have, it'll have a furnace for the corridor. Okay. But everyone has their own heat source. These Everybody like has their own. Yep. They all have mini splits or something. No, they're proper furnaces. They're small, but they're proper furnaces. Okay. And, okay. Uh, AC units as well. So you're, you're just like paying for the hallway lighting and heat and then the, that's right. uh, And then any building water, I guess, probably for the maintenance room or something. Yeah. I mean, if you have to water the grass, um, we'll have that accessible. So you're probably like five grand a year in in utilities, something like that. You think for the whole building? (sighs) Well, plus you got to keep in mind that when a tenant (laughs) leaves, if you ever have vacancy, you're paying for the utilities then too, but it's not a big number. Probably. Okay. Yeah, I would say like I say like at least six six thousand. Okay, say. we'll call it six just to be safe because it is LED lighting. Like, yeah. I, I built this house behind me, and I can't believe how cheap my housing uh, electricity is with the LED stuff. It's incredible. What is so, your, what is your uh, electrical bill there? Curiosity. So my monthly bill for January was one hundred and twenty three dollars, and that includes water, including electric water. And, and water. Wow, I couldn't believe it. I was like. Well, then this house is, is very well insulated. It's all yeah. LED lighting. Well, plus your furnace is probably super high efficiency too. High efficiency furnace. Yeah. Yeah. The, the blowers on the furnaces use a lot of electricity. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay. So management wise, are you going to be paying a super somebody part-time uh, or are um, you going to pay a management company? We'll have a, agent probably, on, right? we'll have a super on site um, just to kind of, you know, keep the place clean weekly. Um, but yeah, probably a management company to kind of just make, okay. you know, be there for phone calls if needed. Probably like 4% maybe we'll budget for management. Because once you get into the higher number of units, I feel like they can, you can do a bit better on on uh, price because yeah. they're getting a whole package there, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, do you think you'll pay that much? Or 
more or less. <laughs> what does that work? What does that work out to 4% be? 4% would work out to be just shy of 14 grand a year. Yeah. I don't think it'll be that much, Andrew. I think it'll be, I think it'll be under a thousand a month. Do you think so? Okay. Oh yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, again, I think that's possible once you get into the, the bigger number of units. Um, I would say around five or 600 bucks a month, just from yeah. different people I've talked to somewhere around there. I'll leave it at 3% and uh, we'll see how the numbers shake out. <laughs> uh, what What's the, uh, the landscaping and snow removal budget there? That is going to be a uh, landscaping. Gosh, you got weekly cuts there. So you're probably a hundred bucks a week. Yeah. For, for that. And then snow removal is a variable. You might be able to answer that better than I am. Uh, generally speaking, you're going to, you're going to want to have a contract uh, for that, but I mean, yeah, that, I'm like trying to think, you're price. pretty, you're pretty big parking lot there. Like everybody's got two parking spots probably. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually e- probably easily everyone. even more yeah. than two. There's um, going to be extra. So there'll be a room. Yeah. So yeah. Room I, to I know there's snow. houses houses they can do five six hundred bucks for the season like a fixed price so i'm not sure what this would be no be it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be that cheap uh I no think no no. it'd be more but if, if we wanted to build both in for the year i don't know i feel like you could get away with like 12 grand for that lands like the full year landscaping and snow removal something like yeah. that it might be cheaper i'm just going to throw that number down off the top <laughs> of my head that one's the one that you would want to quote a bit more because it's i've seen such a range like I, on a duplex i've had a hundred bucks a month to, and, yeah. and you know trying to push the, the the cuts as far apart as possible and yeah and yeah you know that included snow as well but then again i'm on the uh the the build that i'm doing out in sarnia area we're paying um just 550 every time it snows which is insane we had uh had wow. like months of five thousand dollars like full month Holy like crap. five thousand a month for like four months <laughs> and wow. it's, it was a fairly large area to, to clear in fairness so but it adds up eh? <laughs> it certainly does it certainly does so um what else i mean garbage removal you think your super is going to handle that like and is uh, the, the garbage super is in- actually tenants take out their own garbage where the bin's going to be on site so they'll yeah, be doing okay that. so you've 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 got uh a miscellaneous well we're going to want to build in something for your bin and disposal uh, like a couple hundred bucks a month i guess for that and then and then a miscellaneous budget of like five grand probably Sure. <laughs> so five grand. So the bill, the builder gets to warranty everything for the first year. So that's nice. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say we're 300 a month for that bin. I don't even know if that's exactly where we'd be. Those little eight yard bins. Yeah. Um, the, the, the problem I find is you think that you, you say tenants will, but then do they, <laughs> do they take <laughs> out their garbage? Um, that's the part that you'll find out, right. If they actually uh, do end up doing that stuff, but uh, let's keep moving through. So, so you're going to go ahead and shoot for the uh, 85% financing on, will you do like a 40 year am? Yeah. 40 year am. And I think it's going to be two, 2% around there. Wow. Interest rates are going up pretty, pretty aggressively they are, so right now. We'll, we'll see where they end up. Let's call it 3%. I mean, even 3.5 with CMHC, just they're predicting like another big hike for the next. Uh, the so next, a year ago, uh, I could get one under a 2% with CMHC back loan. Yeah. So three and a half is probably right. a little high. Well, no, but we just went up uh, 50 basis points. And before that, it was 25 basis points. And we're expecting yeah. another one in June. So that's why. So I'm I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably yeah. have something locked in in the next yeah. couple months. But yeah, well, you're going to want to start that process early because CMHC takes a long time. Absolutely. 
but let's just say, so hypothetically your values five and a half million, you can get the 85% and they don't trim you yeah. back. A lot of times they do trim you back <laughs> because they don't agree with your value. But if you were to do that, then you would be getting, let's just see, $675,000 back. <laughs> so you'd have 675 <laughs> nice. in your pocket to, to use on another deal. And you'd yeah. still be cash flowing three grand a month on the property. Yeah. And if you want, yeah, them- and, and if I was going to say, if we have any surprises with those rents, if we're able to get those up anymore, that, you know, that's going to make right. that then number it's dollar for jump. dollar, right? Then, yes. then you're dollar for dollar. So, if it, and I think that you probably can, and, and we're especially going to see this happening because people just can't afford to buy. They're going to rent. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think we're going to see rents go down. I think we're going to see them keep going up to try and match all the increase in property values yeah. over the last while. So I, I could easily see those rents going up and you're starting to average two grand. And then, you know, so if you add two grand times 16, that's an extra, what are we looking at? Um, two. Lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so well, an extra 200 bucks times 16, right? If we yeah. do that, that's an extra 3,200. So yes. even if you can boost rents, 200 bucks uh, per unit, that's an extra 32 bucks doubling your cash flow. Um, yep. This is one of those cool ones where it's it's not going to be a grand slam necessarily right off the bat for cash flow, although it is for a perfect burr and owning a really awesome mm-hmm. asset but it'll be the, uh, as rents go up and you've got such cheap money. Um, That's right. Know. How long, do you know how long you can lock it in for with a commercial loan, uh, CMHC? Can you lock it in? For I 10 don't years? No, he, I, I haven't had that discussion just yet. <laughs> Cause yeah, the way things are going, it kind of feels like that would be a good idea if you could. Yes. Like down in the yeah. States, you can lock in for 30 years. That's what no, uh, I say. That's that's beauty. <laughs> well, then you're really hedged, right? Because if, you if are. rates, because I feel like we're we're setting ourselves up for Canada, like just like the '80s, where they eventually had to go to the high teens interest rates mm-hmm. because inflation was so bad. Obviously, inflation is way underreported right now. Like if we were if we had honest reporting of inflation, it'd probably oh, be twenty percent plus. I was going to say twenty percent or more. Well, all you Absolutely. have to really do is look at how much money money supply has increased in one yeah. year. Forget about inflation. Yeah. Look at how much money supply, because even if inflation doesn't translate in that direct year it will yeah. translate. Um, so it, it's, that's a more honest figure. So that is what I, I'm saying. If you could lock in longer, uh, really do hedge yourself against future increases yeah. because eventually so. when, when they can't pretend that the inflation isn't there anymore, then they start doing these big hikes. And uh, I don't know where we're going with that, but I did lock in a couple of my mortgages right as this was happening. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good time to lock in with all the inflation coming. Yeah, it doesn't seem like we're going anywhere good. With, uh, with the way mm-hmm. things are, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm figuring stuff out on the U S side, if I'll be able to, as a, as what they consider a foreign national to, okay. to lock in for more than five years, cause they, they seem to want to do five years, uh, for a foreign national, but I haven't are- dug in nearly enough for, for a more conventional longer term loan. There are some, even for, for a foreign national where they'll do a 30 year at like, say 5% in my mind, a 30 year yeah. rate at 5% is cheap. That's real. Are you going to be getting a work visa down there, Andrew? Investor visa. Investor visa. Okay. Yeah. E2 investor visa. Yeah. Right so on. That's the, the process I've started. It's still uh, still a work in progress. It's mainly just time. Like I've, I've had the consultations. I've set up this, the process. It's, it's literally just time to fill out the business plan because I, I could have my assistant help with it, but there's only so much she can do when yeah. she's not as familiar with my business plan as I am. Right. So, I think if you invest 1.8 million, you get a green card as a Canadian. Yeah. There are some other programs some that stuff are like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, there are a few things you can do. Like there's the official policy of what you, what you 
can get or what you need to invest. And then there's the, the gray area of what they'll actually approve. Like there are people yeah. who get approved for an investor visa with like a $50,000 approved oh, yeah. investment. Yeah. And then there are others who will invest 500 and not get approved. So it's, it's a lot That's to do with eh? what you're doing. You want to find the attorney that knows what they're doing. Who's had a lot of successful. Right. And I feel like, I feel like I found that. And then you will hear things from other ones, right? They all have their own like kind of bias and, and, and take on things. And it's interesting to hear. I'll talk to some other people working with other attorneys and, and kind of yeah. hear their take. And um, I know I'm on the right track. It's, there's no completely easy way to do it. When we were down, well, I'll be, Florida, I'll be, I'm going to be right there behind you. Yeah, Whether yeah. it's Florida or Texas, uh, I'm going to start moving some money down there. Yeah, it's a sure. really smart idea. So I, we actually ran into a guy. Um, so Carmen, I was I was down in Florida. Carmen, my, my mother-in-law, for anyone yeah. wondering, she was uh, just looking to buy a trailer, and this guy was selling a trailer, truck, lawnmower, weed eater, um, <laughs> like leaf blower, everything. And it all had never been used. And she starts talking like, why are you selling all this stuff that's never been used except for like the truck was used, but all the other equipment was new, even the trailer. Right. And he's like, oh, I used it for my visa application. <laughs> and now that I'm oh approved, I don't need it anymore. And Sneaky. I'm like, I'm, like right, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they check up on that. So <laughs> you just yeah. sold everything right after you got approved. I think uh, like, because being, being the developer here, I think if I go down there and do the same thing, you know, that will get me a visa from, from the stuff I've read, you know, cause yeah. if you are hiring people, you're investing, you can't like, you can't buy a house and live in it and say, Hey, yeah. I'm developing. You have to buy land and actually do projects. So that yeah, that's, that's my, my take on it too. Yeah. Like they, they are not going to go and give an investor visa for somebody just, no. just buying a few rental properties. Even no. if you had 10, you have to manage them though. If it's a management yes. company, Yes. So there you it. go. So now all of a sudden, yeah. if you're doing active management of 10, I don't even think that'd get you approved because 10, they'd still say, wow, that's still relatively passive. But there, um, I, I'm not sure if it was this lawyer or another one that said it to me, but he knew of a guy that, that had just four Airbnbs and that was enough. Just, run, just running and managing wow. four. Now this is a while back. So it doesn't mean that that would work again, but yeah. So, okay. so my plan strict they are. My plan for him, like, he's like, okay, how much money are you bringing down? And we got into some numbers. Initially, he wasn't too keen on, on me doing it for real estate. He's like, God, just, yeah. you know, buy a popsicle stand or something like, you know, he did, he wanted me to do something <laughs> else. I'm like, no, I don't really want to do Get it. Get a dry that. cleaner place. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I, I gave him my pitch. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm building, I'm going to rent, I'm going to Airbnb. And he's like, well, okay. He's like, let's get, let's get a property management company in, in there as well. Uh, you know, get your realtor license uh, so that you can do the property management and then get your broker license. And he kind of just, you know, we, we started theorizing, theorizing about how, how we could put it together. So my next step is to kind of get him something on paper and, and yeah. we'll go. So um, yeah, that might morph, that might change a bit. And again, the key's going off of what he knows gets applied, right? So he's got his track record of what's been working, what's not been working. And he's just saying, okay, based on my experience, this is, this is probably the angle we should take. And he did say, we should definitely have in your plan that you're going to have like four or five employees around the so year you, five. You've started investing. And then when, how, from the point you start investing, how long till you actually submit the documents? Well, I mean, there's no, I don't have to do it at any time. Like, and there's nothing I'm doing that I need any two visa for right now. Um, but doesn't like it get I'm, you a residency card? Like you want to get a residency card, right? Yeah. So, so that's, that's the angle, right? Like that's if, what you, want, if yeah. you, if you get the visa, then you can get a social security number and you can stay in the U S 
full time, leave. right? Yeah. Every yeah. two years, I think you have to renew it. Depends. Mm-hmm. So, so the guy that sold all his stuff, he, uh, <laughs> he has a 10 year visa. Uh, I hear oh, of Canadians getting five year visas. That's more common. Uh, okay. But some as, as little as two. So you don't necessarily okay. get the five. Yeah. So that's something to consider. I, I think the less convinced they are in your plan, probably the, the shorter oh, your, sure. your E2 would be. But sure. I mean, I have no, no uh, desire to pull what I'm doing out of there. I, I intend to grow what I'm doing there. Yeah. And uh, things, are, things are finally moving. We've got, uh, we're into the ground on the first one and I got the permit on the next one. So money's flowing, tools are arriving on site. Oh yeah, I've been there. watching your Instagram stories. <laughs> it's looking pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Not as, not as big, uh, in scale of, as what you've done. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's dive into some of the rest of it. So you, this house that you built, I mean, again, very true Steve style to just say, yeah, whatever. It can't be that hard. Uh, let's build yeah, a house. Well, we, we, let's be honest. We had a couple phone calls and I was like, all right, Andrew, uh, yeah. you, you've done this before. What, what happens at this stage? And we kind of talked about it and, I think I got a little bit of confidence, you know, watching you take that step before me. I Mm kind of took the step before you buying a bunch of rentals and then you started getting to the building a bit more than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you gave me a little bit of confidence in that. And yeah, behind me is my my home and it's mid-century modern style. It will be, I will show everybody eventually it'll make its way to YouTube. Um, For those of you that want to check some videos out on there uh, during the construction of it, it's uh, Stephen Manicum. Uh, the YouTube channel. And I cut Aaron, my business partner and I, we started documenting a bit of the process on building and what all was going on. Cause it's a very unique lot. It's private. It's it backs onto a ravine. And, and I came in and built a flat roof, uh, you know, mid-century modern style house with uh, incredible views from every room. Okay. So this is in the London area, we'll call it. Yep. The, um, and what, what did you buy the lots for? Just give me an idea. I know you bought a couple in this area. Yeah. So um, what happened was I sold my house and I was looking for another project and there was actually a lot that was listed for sale. You know, people always tell you, you can't get an MLS deal. Well, you, you always can get MLS deals. Um, you don't need to go private all the time. And there was a lot that was sitting there for a long time. No one, no one had bought it. And when I started doing some research on it, it was actually two lots. They had listed as one. So, um, I put in an offer, ended up getting both lots for hundred grand each, hundred thousand dollars. And this was in uh, 2018, I think late 2018. Um, cause I closed, I think I closed in 2019. So to get a lot today, you're probably looking at three, 400,000. If not, uh, you know, in the certain areas of London, you'd be up towards 800,000 for certain lots. Okay. Like I know if you took this lot and put it, uh, you know, say near downtown, you would pay $800,000 for this lot. So yeah. it just depends on where, where it is. Right. So, um, you know, you know, you always say you make your money going in. So I, I bought at a hundred grand and that was a good deal back then. Um, and then it just, uh, it took a little bit of time before I was ready to start this project. Yeah. And you're on well and septic there. No nope. municipal oh, services. Are you on municipal <laughs> services. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, awesome. And how big is the lot? Uh, that is a great question. Cause it's irregular shaped. It's a triangle. Okay. So I'm not even sure actually how many square feet it is, uh, Andrew, but the house is about 4,200 square feet, including the basement. And That's then wild. plus two upper balconies that are pretty large. They're probably 15 by 20. So what, what did, uh, what did you end up spending on the build? 
Um, so yeah, I did, I did really great on this. Uh, so the lot was a hundred grand and then the build cost was about seven, 700,000. That's insane that you were able to oh, get yeah. that price. I think when we talked about it, <laughs> um, I was asking you what I could do it for per square foot. And it's definitely, I think it's under 200, isn't it? You <laughs> say so your $700,000 yeah, build for 4,200 yeah. square feet, 166. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was, yeah. that was right in the ballpark of doable, but that's not doing nice finishes typically. And as you can yeah. see, I did, I did nice. Yeah. Finishes. It looks we, great. Yeah. It looks great yeah. from, from what I can see. I mean, that looks like an engineered hardwood. You're, uh, you're yeah, we got engineered hardwood. Um, yeah windows like there's windows everywhere windows stone, everywhere brick on the tops. outside yeah, yeah yeah you've uh again yeah found a way to get, get good deals you've also been that <laughs> absolutely guy. that's yeah. that's that's one of the, your this, uh, the exterior of this house is all, the exterior the whole second floor is cedar you will not see a house with more cedar on it than mine i i did the whole thing the soffits everything i just wanted that really yeah. natural feel that you get so so, so you're a realtor by trade Yes. Like, are you still doing that? Are you still, are you still? Oh yeah, active? very much so. Yeah, yeah very okay. much so, Andrew. I've, I've, I've been diving into the development stuff, but I still do the real estate every day. Um, I have a business partner, Erin Scott, and her and I teamed up because um, I do split my time between things. So there's always one of us fully available for our clients. Mm-hmm. And we've had some, we've had some really good success, um, even in this tough market. Like the market's not been great for everybody. As you mm-hmm. probably have heard, you know, there's 10, 20 offers on a place and only one person wins the house and then there's all those other people to go to the next house and there's constant mm-hmm. battles. So we've had yeah. some really good success. Uh, we sold a duplex actually. It was a Victorian style duplex uh, to some clients. Uh, they were looking for a flip property. It was their first one. And there were six offers. Um, even with six offers, we won, we got it at a good price. So they, they paid 450 for that. And they're going to put probably about 200 K in renovations and he's going to be his own general contractor. And then I guess after, after it's all complete, you're probably looking at 875 to go to 950 sale price. Yeah. It's interesting to even hear you say you can get a duplex for 400 grand. (laughs) Where are you getting a duplex for 400 grand? Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like even every market, you know, there's a deal. Right. And um, I think if you have like the right agents, that are looking every single day that kind of do this for a living. Those are the ones that find the deals. And um, we kind of pushed up and got that offer done pretty quickly too. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can kind of bully some stuff. There was another property we had for another client. He's a first time investor. This is a home run for him. And he was looking for a duplex. So we found a duplex and we got a deal done the same day it got listed. Mm-hmm. He purchased it for 700 grand. He's looking at probably about 25 grand in renovations. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to do paint, some light fixtures, new faucet, that type of thing. And when he's complete, it's going to have an $850,000 value. So he's going to make about 125K in equity, buying it and doing, you know, all that work in 30 days. Yeah, just doing a little bit. You know, that is un- that's like unheard of these days <laughs> to I've find never, a deal like that. <laughs> I've really never bought a deal, I don't think, that just needed lipstick. I- I'm waiting yeah. for the day that I buy a deal that just, just needs lipstick. Actually, I might, I'm looking at one now. That <laughs> I've never done one of those. Yeah, it, it, no. it's, a, it's a building where the rents are just so under that I'll just... I'll just boost the rents yeah. by, by uh, turning over tenants. And uh, so I am looking at one like that now, but I've never to this day done that. 
uh, always getting so involved in, in the problem I find with construction. And this is why I was asking you is it just takes so much time to be your own GC. It takes so much focus. Oh, yeah. I'm really growing my team now and uh, you know, bringing in key pieces that can sort of yeah. take the entire management of it off. But as I do that, that builds the cost of doing that. And you know, now yeah. we have to compare, is it better for me to do that or hire the GC? Yeah. Um, like what's your value per hour, right? If yeah. you're spending, depending what you're spending, yeah. like I started with a builder on this, this house and unfortunately shortly into it, he wasn't able to, to do it. So I jumped in and, and ended up being the GC and, and built my house. So what was, what was the agreement? Cause I, I think I recommended the guy that you were working with uh, yes. to you. So what was the agreement that you had with him that allowed you to exit that contract midway? Um, just, he just had like a flat fee and um, for personal reasons, he wasn't able to do it. And I didn't, I didn't have any recourse or anything against him. Like that was totally understandable for what was happening. And um, so yeah, did we he just, just prorate the fee and say, we're about 30% done. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he got paid for his time and then I kind of jumped in and, and took over yeah. from there. Cool. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's people and people, I, I don't yeah. think residential construction is rocket science. <laughs> it's uh no, it's no. something that Although you know, you it, just... it, it's, it's definitely a learning experience, especially oh, when yeah. you're building an architectural home, you yeah. know, with your flat roofs, parapets and, and, you know, lining up yeah. sight lines. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty intricate. It's a lot of time is, is, yes. is what it is. It's not that you can't figure it out. It's how much time do you got? And it's just hard to, uh, hard to know how you do all these things. Like having that, you know, I guess the newspaper building doesn't take up that much of your time, right? Like a lot of it is delegated. No, cause I have a full-time builder there. Yeah. Um, yeah it's delegated. He, he's handling that. So yeah, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on the phone, I guess, and behind the computer dealing with the lender, um, yeah. you know, the gentleman that has to uh, make sure we're on, on track so he can release funds to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. like, that's basically, you know, kind of quarterbacking it. Right. But yeah. Um, the more of those things you can hand off, like I just, to the, nowadays, like I look for absolutely anything I can hand off, even if it would only save me like 10% of the time it would take me to oh, do yeah. it myself. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm sending it off to, uh, to my uh, assistant just so I get in the habit. And yeah, I saw course, that you have an assistant. Now. Yeah. Now she, <laughs> now she like is learning how to do all these things that I used to do all the time. So, yeah. so that she can kind of just add it into her list. Yeah. She's, she's been doing great. It's actually been, uh, that's been a really hard thing for me to just, you know, make that transition. But finally, uh, you know, I, I, I think having a son forced me to, realize that reevaluate priorities at it's, the moment. It's, it's either <laughs> I have a mental breakdown and, and just quit everything. Yeah. Uh, or I find a way and Kyle Ford, you know, set, put it in very similar words when I was interviewing him uh, a little while back, uh, you know, it was, it was either, you know, shut it down or, or scale it up. That was, that was really sure. the two options. Sure. And obviously shut it down isn't a true option. So no, um, no, no you're so doing it was, good. It's about time. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people say that and I don't, I don't particularly feel that I'm actually doing that good compared to a lot of people I interview. Well, we, we, we all think we can do yeah. more than we do, yeah. but I think at the end of the day, we're all running individual races. You know, we were all yeah. raised a certain way. We're all dealing with certain personal issues or whatever's yeah. going on in your life. And mm-hmm. we're, we have different paths. <laughs> right. I think, I think for me, like I've always, I haven't felt any urgency in a long time. No. And I think that that was really my biggest enemy is there was no urgency to kind of take it as it goes. Whereas now I look at it and I'm like, I want when my son, when the time matters most, when my son's, you know, a little bit older and he's like, you know, where yeah. dad can dad, you know, can you do this? Or can you, can you read me a bedtime story or something like that? I don't want yeah. to say no, 
I, I've got work to do. I, so I'd rather work, a bit of freedom. Yeah. work my butt off now, um, you know, while I can, when Jordan's on my leave and, and really set the pieces and the systems up so that I can, I can be there. And that's, uh, that's awesome. You know, kids are, a lot of people say kids are their why and stuff. And I can certainly, <laughs> certainly great motivation. I'll tell you that. That's good. Um, yeah. So definitely for sure. But, uh, what are you, what are you doing on a daily basis? Like, again, I get at this time thing because you seem to have time to do all these things. I don't, I yeah. haven't even touched on all your stuff. I know you're, you're doing some other, uh, interesting things. Yeah. What do you, yeah. what do you, what's your average day look like? So my average day, um, I'm not much of a morning person, so I probably get out of bed around nine, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, get, come downstairs, kind of make breakfast and open my laptop and, and start kind of going through emails at that point. Um, and then I'll kind of move from there. I'll go to, you know, shower, come downstairs and, and go into my office. And every day I probably spend a lot of time in there. It's split between that and then on the road with Aaron kind of doing real estate stuff where we have to go do for showings and mm-hmm. um, are you still doing showings yourself? Yeah. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We will do stuff together. Okay. Sometimes I'll show, but a lot of times we like to do it together. It's a good dynamic actually. Okay. Uh, when you have two people doing it. Um, but then I have a development appointments around that stuff too. So like Monday I have to go into St. Thomas to meet the kitchen guy for the building because mm-hmm. we're going to go through all the apartments and kind of figure out, you know, what those layouts exactly are going to look like now that we're at that framing stage, talk yeah. about colors. Mm-hmm. I met the designer a few days ago for the building and yeah. she's actually redoing some of the stuff we had already worked on to pick the flooring and stuff. So she's revamping um, backsplash everything because we're trying to do that like an art deco style, something that you don't typically mm-hmm. see, Yeah, but uh, we want it to be like kind of an elegant place that uh, has a nice presence about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds pretty cool. So, so that's <laughs> so, part, you know, that's one day, right? So I, I guess it's a yeah. mix of realtor stuff. It's, and, it's a mix. Yeah. yeah. Every day is different, which, yeah. which is nice. Okay. Do you have somebody uh, helping you on the admin side? Um, I do. Yeah. Like Aaron has been doing a little bit of development stuff with me, so I can give her credit for that. So when I get kind of overwhelmed, cause there's a lot of checks to write, um, you know, I, I just finished building my house. So there was a lot of people to pay there. Um, you know, we got to manage all the accounts for the building. So that's under construction, right? So Mm -hmm. the apartment building. And then I have another house about to start next door. So I'm going to start building that one. And I'm working with an architect right now and we're doing the plans for another house I'm going to do. That's going to be about 2,700 square feet. So nice. Yeah. I don't think you'll be building at 167 bucks a square foot. (laughs) No, that one's going to be a bit more. That's for sure. Those days are are slightly in the past, a little bit. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, just lumber and things like that have just changed that story a little bit. But yeah, just to give you some context on that, mm-hmm. Andrew, the house next door is two thousand square feet, and like you said, you know, this one I built this is forty two hundred square feet, but that house next door is costing me even more than this one was. Right. Yeah. Build. Even being crazy. Much smaller, well, the one you're in, what is, what do you figure that would go for if you listed it? 1.4, 1.5, I think somewhere so in there. Still really affordable for a one, uh, for a four oh, yeah. 200 square foot house. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, if it was in like one of those downtown areas of London with kind of a, a view of the river, you'd be over 2 million. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good deal for what you're getting. That's that, for sure. That in Burlington would be worth like <laughs> 5 million. I, I right? don't know. Like something insane. <laughs> yeah. Something ridiculous. Something crazy. 
yeah, um, just just insane how how these these markets have gone. But um, okay, so you have um, tell me what else like kind of high level you're working on right now. High level, meaning, well, I mean, rental properties you got in your portfolio, uh, other builds. I guess uh, you know, I guess these are the ones that you're you're prime focused. Yeah. So, so it's okay, a newspaper so, building and and yeah, this. A newspaper building. Uh, just yeah. finished my house. I got those two house builds right now. Yeah. And then I've really started looking into investing in the States and how I want to do that. So I'm probably going to have to take a few trips down there um, Mm -hmm. and figure out how I'm going to, uh, or what I want to break into. Cause I'm really into like building this house was really cool. And Austin, Texas, for example, there is um, incredible architecture there that sells over $10 million. Mm -hmm. So to, to get into a market like that, where I could really, you know, build with the vision that I have, I yeah. think would be, uh, you know, very lucrative and very rewarding for myself uh, to do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I love what you've done. I mean, I, I definitely want to do that one day where we just from scratch build our own home mm-hmm. and, you know, get fancy. I, as a builder, I don't like fancy because fancy means, um, quadruple the cost of everything, yeah. <laughs> quadruple the back orders, um, you know, just super yes. unique means you're going to wait for it. You're going to pay for it. And, you know, as a production builder, which I've typically been, I don't like that stuff, yeah. but <laughs> it <laughs> certainly <the> <laughs> is, it certainly is fun. I mean, you got, you know, unique light fixtures, your windows and doors are, are really nice. And obviously, and those aren't that that big of an upgrade. Those are some of the, the more affordable things that you could do that don't really necessarily cause, you know, the back orders and such. Yeah. Um, those, it's the special tile. You have yeah. to order from Italy like that. Type yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were looking at her, our laundry room and uh, we had a suggestion for an $11 a square foot t- tile for a, a 300 square foot space. I'm like, that's not reasonable. <laughs> that's not oh reasonable. Gosh, yeah. We can't be spending that kind of money on a, on a, on a laundry. Room. And here, and here <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting, I think it's 14 bucks a square foot into my basement bathroom. Um, well, it's this terrazzo space. looking, yeah. it's small. Yeah. yeah. But it, holy crap. Is it going to be expensive? It, to it do? adds up. Yeah. 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 Like backsplashes wow. and stuff. I'm cool with, you know, you pay that because they're just small spaces. You're like 40, 50 square right. feet, whatever. Um, accent pieces. Yes. Pay for that. Um, yeah. so that's one of the urges I have to fight, you know, when I'm doing construction is I don't want to get into those type of things, but as a, you know, a rental property owner, I don't want my stuff to look like every other piece of rental property on the, on the market, which everybody's doing the gray vinyl plank floors, you know, they're doing the yes. white cabinets, the stone top and the stainless steel appliances. That's just, that's easy to do, right? It's nice. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just eventually that's going to just blend in. So it's, uh, it's cool if you can find a way to make it unique and still affordable, which I think oh, yeah. you, you have a way of doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's definitely ways to find, find those deals. Try and stay away from the 12 by 24 inch tile that everybody puts in every house. Um, but you know, if you want to get creative, you just have to kind of go out outside of some of the areas, you know, go to, uh, you know, some of those flooring places that uh, might yeah. not be in downtown London where they're really expensive, go, you know, to Ingersoll or just some right. of the outside smaller towns and do a little legwork. And you can always find products that, that make it work. Right. And I, I, I'm with you there. So as long as you can delegate most of your day-to-day or be very, <laughs> very organized, then you got time for that kind of thing. Like I like actually, and I've said this before, I like framing a wall or, you know, framing, framing in a basement, but that's not, I'm not good at it. And I, yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly not, not a good return on my time, but it's kind of fun. And uh, you know, for <laughs> stuff like that, for designing, I think that that's one of those things. It's hard to put a dollar figure on what it adds, but oh, like, it, a, like a theater room, for example, right? Like yeah. you can spend 30 grand on a theater room, but I, I think I did mine for like 
less than 10 grand. You know, okay. I, I, I hired a guy, we did all the trim work inside the crown molding. I bought the speakers, um, yeah. but my, my IT guy wired it and he provided the 4k projector, put in a little bar down there. But so if you were to go and hire a company to come and do all that, yeah, it's 30 grand. But if you kind of do it yourself and you're a little resourceful and, and creative, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can totally yeah. do stuff under budget. Again, it's all time. Right. But I, I agree <laughs> with right. you. You, you got to find a way to to at least have your finger on the pulse, right? You don't have to do all these things yourselves, but you, you do need to know how much more you're paying if you're hiring it out. Like That's what right. is this costing me versus if I were to source things myself? And yeah, sometimes it makes sense to do it yourself. <laughs> I'm slowly working my, my way back to that feeling like that. Uh, but it, you know, with everything going on, a new kid that uh, makes it a little harder, but uh, you yeah. know what? <laughs> things are starting to normalize a little bit, but uh, anyways, Steve, it's a, uh, always interesting talking to you where would we want to uh, send people if they wanted to uh, follow up with you or yeah your journey i encourage people if you guys are investors or you're looking to get into the market whether you're a first time or even a seasoned investor um, i've been doing it for quite a while and uh, i'm very well versed in stuff so you could check out our um, instagram page it's uh, steve and aaron sell and then the facebook is steve and aaron sell as well Um, and we do have a website it's steve and so okay. if you guys go on there, you can definitely get in touch with me. Yeah. So I'll post those, those links in the show notes of this episode. So if people want to, want to reach out to you, uh, they can. And awesome. is there anything you wish that I'd asked you that I haven't asked you? No, I think you covered everything. Um, and I want to say like, congratulations, uh, with all your success on this podcast and the, and the, the value you provide for people. Um, I've had people reach out to me and they've become clients um, because they listen to, to what, you know, what you guys talk about on your show. And it's, uh, it's really cool to see how things are working out for you. Yeah. That's actually an interesting perspective because you're the <laughs> third episode and I always tell people to go right back to the beginning Yeah, because, <laughs> because that's how you learn. Right. And in that episode, right. what we like dove into numbers, we, we get really technical, especially early on in this podcast, it did yes. all that. Right. So you're in that, that playlist of yeah. you know, number three. So that's, cool. uh, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You must get a lot, a lot of people. Uh, I do. Yeah. And it's really cool yeah. for them to come work with us and, and have some success in real estate themselves. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for, for doing this and yeah, you know, thanks for the kind words. I think, yeah, this turned into something that I was hoping it would turn into and, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm grateful. We've got a really good listener base and audience and, and, uh, yeah, what I, I just come on here and talk about real estate and ask questions I would have asked anyway. So it actually works out pretty well. Awesome. <laughs> I get my answers well, was, and so does everybody else. Yeah. It was nice to catch up with you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I really hope I can come see that house face to face at some point. So sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there. And, uh, Steve, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.